Welcome to our time of devotion. We are so glad that you have joined us. Let us begin as we love to begin by listening to some beautiful piano music. The scripture passage for today comes from the book of Titus. First and Second Timothy and Titus are called pastoral letters to distinguish them from other letters in the New Testament, which were written to churches rather than individual pastors. Titus and Timothy are pastoral in the sense that they counsel any reader, lay or clergy, on how to care for the church. Titus was a Gentile, probably converted by Paul. The Apostle Paul had great affection for Titus, describing him as his dear son birthed through our shared faith. Our reading today comes from the second chapter of Titus, verses 1 through 15. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Hear now the word of God. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. 
Slaves must obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will be making the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, good and gracious God, so that we might hear the word you intend for each of us on this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Titus was sent to Crete to deliver this message of how to care for the church. I find it interesting that he is speaking to the very specific family members who make up the church and society. There seems to be great wisdom in this approach. Titus isn't issuing a broad set of instructions to the church on how to behave. He is going person by person within the family unit. I think because transformation is an issue of the heart and families are the heart of the church. We talked in one of our small groups this past week about transformation and how a big change like racial justice, for example, cannot only be legislated. For real sustainable change and transformation, we have to be engaged at the heart level. Don't get me wrong, we need fair legislation for justice issues, but that won't take root without a change right here in the heart. Lasting change, transformation is always an inside job. So Titus names the roles and responsibilities of a family in first century Palestine. He is speaking to a patriarchal society that still had some form of servants or slaves. I've read that this isn't the same kind of chattel slavery we had in America, but there was still an enslavement of people. It breaks my heart to imagine that white Christians might have used this passage as a tool to keep their slaves in line. My overarching thought about our Bible is that it should never be used as a weapon to harm others. So if we try to apply this passage to our egalitarian contemporary lives, I wonder if we could replace slavery with those who are enslaved to something like a life of poverty or to a low status job that is not well respected or to a disabled body that makes their life so hard. It seems like Titus gives a word of hope and consolation for people whose lives were unavoidably destined to servanthood. 
Even with limitations imposed on the body, mind, and soul, Titus seems to be saying the love of God could be lived out, shown, and embodied. It makes me think of people who are in a job that they don't love, but they have to keep it, you know, because they have to pay the bills. Now, one could go to that job every day with a terrible attitude, full of bitterness and negativity, making sure everyone around them knew how much they hated it there and how this job was below them. Or they could lean into the serenity to accept that which they cannot change and then bring the light of Christ with them, with humility and gratitude, with acts of love demonstrated through kindness, gentleness, goodness, and even joy. So Titus goes through each of the roles in the family unit from old men and women to young men and women. The message is basically the same, to be filled with love and patience, to be worthy of respect, to mentor and teach the younger generation what is good, to be wise and open to wisdom, to be an example by doing good works of every kind. All of this good is, all of this is good and important. But the heart of this scripture passage, I think, is found in verse 11, which says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, to all people. This passage really packs a punch when we realize that the audience to whom Titus was delivering this message was to the people of Crete. Cretans were a disdained and despised people. They were such a lying, self-indulgent, sexually promiscuous bunch that Crete became proverbial for immortality in the ancient world. I guess it shouldn't surprise us that God's loving kindness and saving grace through Jesus Christ is extended to all people, even the Cretans. And yet, the hope is that once we receive the love and grace of God, our lives are reshaped and transformed. Biblical scholar Thomas Oden wrote, Nativity and cross are meant to make us better persons so we may lead useful lives becoming to His grace. By the grace of God, may we be open to transformation that makes us eager to do good, to be kind and loving to all people, to all of creation. Amen.